welcome back to the HR Grapevine podcast. This is a special edition of the podcast and part of a series we are bringing to you in partnership with Achievers. Achievers want to build engagement that makes a difference. With solutions to employee recognition and employee voice, they want to change the way the world works by leveraging the science behind behaviour change to deliver sustainable, data-driven business results anywhere in the world. I'm Sophie Parrott, online editor at HR Grapevine, and this week I am joined by Dr. Natalie Baumgartner, who is the Chief Workforce Scientist at Achievers. This is the second podcast of a four-part series with Achievers, and I am delighted to welcome Dr. Nat back as we properly pick apart what it means to work in the people function. As with the last episode, over the course of the series, we will continue to take a deep dive into Achievers' 2020 culture report and cover four key recommendations, breaking each of them down and discussing their potential impact to the culture of your organisation. So in today's episode of the podcast, we are going to be talking about supporting line managers at work. Line managers are a key resource in times of crisis, like the coronavirus pandemic that we're currently facing, and therefore it is absolutely crucial that they feel supported so that they can carry out professional tasks properly, and also so that they can provide good levels of support to their teams as well. However, the recent report published by Achievers did unearth some worrying statistics about just how unsupported some managers are feeling throughout the pandemic. For example, managers are feeling the least supported with less than one in five stating that they were well supported in the workplace, which is obviously concerning given that they play a crucial role in guiding teams to success as the study has pointed towards. So, Dr. Nat, what do you think are the reasons for this? Is it that leaders are too concerned about supporting employees that they are actually overlooking the support that is needed by managers? It's a great question. And what we find is that managers are, you know, really sit in that precarious middle world in organizations. They are, you know, taking direction and regarding strategies and achieving deliverables from the senior leaders above them and then are, you know, required to manage the output and the productivity of the people beneath them. And so they often get caught, um, you know, between those two very intensive requirements that are that are placed upon them. In addition, many managers hold two roles at the same time, both a doing role where they are fulfilling the objectives in their department at the same time that they're managing the team that works with them. And so, you know, managers have really had a lot on. And I'd say that's one of the biggest reasons that we see that they're feeling the pinch now more than ever when when everything is heightened within organizations. I think it's definitely interesting um, the soundbite that you said there about managers potentially feeling the pinch. Um, and this you know, leads us on nicely to another key takeaway from the report, which essentially found that managers were the most likely to say that work-life balance was their main challenge. As has been well documented, having a healthy work-life balance is really crucial to preventing stress and ultimately burnout. So the fact that line managers say that achieving a good work-life balance has been a real struggle for them will likely be a cause of concern for employers. And this could definitely have a bit of a domino effect on teams that they manage too. 
But what are some of the potential reasons that managers are struggling to maintain a healthy work-life balance? Is it perhaps that, like you say, they're feeling the pinch, they're being pulled in too many directions, or simply that they just can't switch off after work? Perhaps you could share some insight into that, Dr. Knapp. Absolutely. Well, we know that the COVID-19 pandemic isn't only causing extra stress and pressure at work, but also at home, which does exacerbate those existing work-life balance challenges. And in the um, Workforce Institute culture report that you referenced, that need for greater balance was the number one request of managers. And, you know, I, I always say, you know, we all need better balance during times of crisis, but managers really, we see in terms of comparisons with other positions within organizations, they're really feeling the, the most pain around that lack of balance. And so when we look at, we talked about the why they might be experiencing that in the workplace, but then when we add in, Um, the challenges of COVID-19, perhaps educating children from home, um, additional pressures in terms of caretaking for others, then, you know, we're just, we see this, as you noted, this domino effect of um, having a really intensive daily life experience between work and home. And those people who are sitting in manager positions are not only feeling that then for themselves, but they're feeling that, that pressure then on behalf of all of the people beneath them. We know that managers are responsible for 70% of the engagement of the people beneath them. And so if we have managers that are feeling really burnt out, we, um, we know that it's incredibly likely that the people beneath them are feeling that pain and more. As you say, you know, managers have had a huge responsibility, particularly during the pandemic, and line managers have played a really important role in supporting both staff and the business, as well as having their day-to-day responsibility of delivering positive results for the organization. So as you say, there is quite a big weight on their shoulders, particularly at the moment. And with that being the case, if line managers don't have a good work-life balance, this, as you referenced to before, could hugely cause problems for both the manager as an individual person, as well as for the business. So what would you say are some of the biggest risks associated with this? Well, you know, as as we've noted, the biggest risks really are this this type of burnout and and lost productivity that we see when people become disengaged and and because managers have such an outstanding impact on the engagement of their people, we really worry about the impact if our managers, you know, our people, our day-to-day people leaders are struggling. We we worry about increased impact on the ability of the people beneath them to to manage. And, you know, work-life balance, we know, needs to be modeled from the top. So if, you know, managers and leaders are putting in long hours and emailing late at night or early in the morning, that's putting pressure on the people beneath them to do the same. And and we can take that up a level further, right, to say, well, if, you know, if the C-suite is doing that, then we see our managers feeling the impetus to do that as well. And we really need to start at the top when we talk about balance. We need to ensure that our leaders are not only talking about the need for balance, but modeling it by having those kind of better boundaries around working hours, particularly during a pandemic where people are now working from home for the most part and, and those lines have blurred. Um, we also know that work-life flexibility is key. So one of our customers, we love this story, um, I was speaking with their CHR the other day, they're offering their employees 90 minutes a week to do kind of, to really attend to balance. So it could mean that they're, you know, taking a child to a to an appointment 
or, um, you know, getting the groceries or just getting out for a long walk between meetings. And that's an example of an easy way for organizations to not only give lip service to, but demonstrate that they care about their employees and that they're recognizing that the really the old nine to five hours really aren't meeting the new needs that exist today. I think um, one of the interesting things that I picked up on towards the beginning of what you were saying there was about the kind of engagement piece and how how big that has been during the pandemic. You know, employers and HR are doing everything that they can to try and boost team spirits, morale and engagement. And of course, that will have a positive impact on businesses. Um, and definitely throughout the course of the pandemic, we've seen lots of different examples of things that organisations have done to support their staff members. So just a couple of examples that spring to mind mind are things like virtual water coolers perhaps to host some casual conversation breaks with colleagues throughout the day, access to um, various different initiatives or programs, as well as one-to-one check-ins with managers. So of, of course, lots of different things have been rolled out to support staff. And while that is really, really important that employees feel that they are being supported in that way, as the stats have shown, the stats we referred to earlier in this podcast, managers really are in need of greater support. So with that in mind, I was hoping you could perhaps just share a couple of tips with us today about what HR departments and employers can do to increase the level of support that they are offering to line managers? Absolutely. Uh, The number one thing that leaders can do to support managers is to listen to them, to understand what do they need. The 2020 culture reports show that people are more honest in surveys than in conversation with their managers to a great degree. So if you can, as an organization, introduce or maintain a confidential safe mechanism for managers to share their concerns, you're definitely more likely to get to the root of the issues that they're challenged with, as opposed to relying on, you know, that to have kind of them to come to you uh, and, you know, through one-on-one meetings or, or a call. And then the next step, once you have that you know, information is to take action on that feedback. We've seen some really powerful examples of companies empowering managers. And, you know, I mentioned just a moment ago that that organization that is providing a creative way for people to attend to work-life flexibility during the week. A little bit more detail about that is that that organization because they're so concerned that their managers won't really take the time to provide themselves with that balance, they um, have asked that their managers have a weekly meeting with all their team members during which they each talk about how they use their 90 minutes the week prior. And so that the manager not only has license to, but encouragement to do the same and model the same and, and then have that experience. An Achievers customer, General Motors, they introduced very early in the pandemic and launched a series of leadership toolkits just within weeks of that pandemic lockdown that, that were aimed at empowering managers um, with the tools they needed to lead their team. So recommendations around how to meet, how often to meet, information about how to, um, how to act on the feedback that they're getting from their employees about problems that they're facing that are novel and new during the pandemic. So I'd say, you know, listen to your managers, make sure you have confidential ways for them to share their feedback, then take action, make sure that you're not just collecting data, but taking real-time action on the data that you are receiving. We know that engagement is fluid. It changes throughout the course of a single day. So we need to really keep our finger on the pulse of the engagement of our managers frequently and then provide them you know, with the resources they need to, generally speaking, provide for their people because we know that, that is, it's a tremendous responsibility that managers take on and 
And the weight is just that much heavier right now during a global pandemic. I think those are definitely some great key takeaways for our listeners. Um, and I think what, you know, one of the things which I thought was great was obviously it's important to listen to managers, but it's about, you know, taking action and giving them the resources that they need in order to feel supported. Because as we've said throughout the duration of the the podcast, if managers feel supported, then they will likely be able to perform to a high level and also be able to provide better support to their teams as well. So I would just like to say a big thank you to Dr. Natalie Baumgartner, the Chief Workforce Scientist at Achievers for joining us today. To find out more about supporting managers, we have included links below to Achievers' full 2020 culture report. And if you are interested to hear from Dr. Natalie and myself, please join us again in four weeks where we will continue discussions um, next time focusing on recognition and what it means for you. But unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. HR Grapevine wouldn't exist without your continued readership and engagement with our content. Whether that's our daily newsletters, monthly magazines, webinars, live events or market leading research papers. So to find out more or to sign up to our daily content newsletters, which showcases solutions and best practice answers to all of your HR issues, please visit hrgrapevine.com.